Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. It is true. On the show, I talk so much about how our physical conditions begin in our energy field. And outside of an energy healing session or program, sometimes it's hard to grasp how to do the work and how to get in there and feel the energy and heal the energy. So you can listen to this episode with my dear friend, Sarah Tangretti, a somatic healing expert. You can listen when you're feeling stressed, when you need recovery, when you feel alone, or when you feel sick. Her voice is like a bath for your nervous system. I know that I felt a different kind of way getting off of this call with her than I did when I started. She gives us small, doable healing pieces over time, tools to heal, and she gives us a message that we're not actually alone in our experiences. Sarah is such a profound and deeply wise person. I encourage you that to take this episode as the time to take a bubble bath, take a walk, really be in your body and out of your mind when you listen to this one. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to enjoy this week's episode. we pause, we feel. Mm -hmm. And I think so much, so many of the things that are creating, you know, that are being held in our body are being held there often due to momentum or freezing. Mm. So the pause has some tone to it. So it can actually help to melt something that is freezing. And it's in the defrosting that we often feel the most pain. Mm. So when it's frozen, we're protected. As it starts defrosting, we feel the shame. My teacher says that shame is the glue that holds a freeze pattern in place. And so that shame is actually a really powerful step in our healing to be able to notice it, feel it, to be in the company of somebody else as you're feeling it, and that Mm -hmm. that person can be stable and steady as you're feeling it. Mm. So the pause in my experience is where the healing happens, but the healing doesn't always feel good at first. It's like, I mean, it's like if I were to clean my room and take out everything in the closets first, (laughs) you know? Well, Sarah, I am so grateful for your presence today in this I Am Woman program. We have been uncovering both the physical and energetic healing within the female body. I like to say, if you heal the female body, you heal the feminine energy field. If you heal the feminine energy field, you heal the female body. And just yesterday on our call, we spoke about conditions like endometriosis, PCOS, cysts, fibroids, and how there is wisdom in the body that is speaking through these conditions. And I believe every physical condition, there's an energetic root cause, but where the gap lies, it's not always easy to access the somatic, the subconscious or the energy field in our everyday life. And Sarah, I'm so excited to have you here with us today because you help us digest in small, what you like to say, simple, small, doable pieces over time so that we can heal and transform our lives. So without further ado, Sarah, will you tell us about yourself and why your work inspires you? 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. I'll I'll give a little background, um, wanting to leave time for, you know, whatever's to come as well. Um, I was a collegiate athlete and I had many, many injuries and my, my life was very much, um, I really got so much praise for the way I could through pain. And I wanted to be the best athlete and the best student. And, um, and it like really worked out until it didn't. Right. So my first experience with the body speaking to me was through injuries. And then eventually, um, through a pretty severe back pain, uh, injury when I was 18, uh, which really took me out. It wasn't something I could play through. And so that was my first experience of chronic pain. It was my first experience with depression. It was the first, I was such like a bubbly, uh, positive go get them <laughs> type personality. Yes. And I felt like everything was taken away from me. I felt like, you know, I couldn't play sports. I was supposed to go to college for that. And I couldn't sit up long enough to make it through a class. And I it was too painful. It was so painful to try to do homework. And it was too painful to go out and see my friends. And um, I had to get on medication. And um, so this was my first experience of how connected my physical body was to my emotional and mental experience. Mm. Um, a year after doing all of the physical therapy and all of the testing and all of the things I was supposed to be doing, um, still in a lot of pain, I found myself in Hawaii where I learned all about visualization, yoga, energy healing, all things organic eating. It wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be, I just like was visiting my friend in Hawaii and it so happens like her mom is, you know, like a monk in training and, um, water therapy and my life changed. Um, and I think I just want to add on this next part. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how this is connected, but Jen, I know that you are both a person of uh, scientific study, as well as super attuned to energy. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm four years into this relationship with my back. I'm doing yoga. I am doing visualization, rolfing, physical therapy, kind of doing both worlds. Uh, my grandmother passes away and I seem to, I don't know if I inherit, but I start having experiences of spontaneous healings. Mm. So I put my hands on somebody's back um, who had had three back surgeries and couldn't move. And I felt as like a jolt of energy go through my thumb. <laughs> it was my dad. And he's like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. We'll do some more yoga tomorrow. And he's like, my pain is completely gone. So I started having these experiences. Um, the next person was like, you know, and why would these people come to me in the first place? I wasn't like, I was still a college student, um, hadn't studied much. So the next one was with my best friend, the one who I had visited in Hawaii. And my hands just went first to kind of like cradle her neck. And then I could start to feel like my hand would be guided to her heart behind her ears. And each place had a different emotion. And the beautiful thing is like, I wasn't trying to heal her. And I wasn't, I was just curious, like, what is going on? Um, I don't have the same energetic experience now, so I don't do hands-on healing. I think I was gifted the four or five years of such experiences to simply understand that there's something to it. Like there's mm -hmm. something happening with energy. I also didn't want to be a weirdo. That's how <laughs> it felt. Like I like grew up in Exeter, New Hampshire. Uh, like I say meat and potatoes just to say like, what was local? Yeah. <laughs> what was like... Um, and so I think part of me studying, I don't know if you know this, um, I spent, uh, many years going around the world, teaching anatomy, um, to yoga teachers and doing yoga teacher trainings and, mm -hmm. um, working therapeutic with people and helping people who thought they could never get out of pain, um, create a new life for themselves. And, and I, I think it was the mix of saying, all right, it's not really my job to heal somebody else's pain. 
Mm. Like if I just put my hands on somebody, what are they going to learn about their process? Mm. And studying the science for me felt like a really accessible way to start a conversation with somebody that they could feel safe in. Mm -hmm. But having this like background experience of saying, and there's something more working through us. Mm -hmm. So if I stay open to the energy or the wisdom coming through, um, then it's not on me, right? It, it took a ton of pressure off too. It's like, oh, <clears throat> it's not all on me. It, I can ask the client questions and they're a part of their own healing journey. And I don't know if this is all making sense. And as um, yeah. on the other side of motherhood, uh, I started studying with Bridget Fixnins, mm-hmm. uh, really studying the nervous system in a new way, in a way that was, deeper and more nuanced. And that includes a lot of trauma resolution, a lot of the idea of the yin and the yang and freeze responses and a lot of mapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what mapping would do would be perhaps just like put somebody's life experience on a, and give them a coordinate. Like it's like some people might say like, I, everything's out of control. I think I'm losing my mind. And Jen, maybe you would say like, oh no, you're in luteal phase. (laughs) I might say, and you might also say, and here are some hormones to balance it out. And I might say like, oh, on the three directions map, this is where you're at. And and here's why. And, And look at the other conditions you've created. And it just giving somebody a map can be such a resource for the nervous system as well. So that is also Wait, tell us the work I do. Mm. Yeah. Tell us about this three directions map. And then eventually we'll go back and, and I'll have you encompass and, and summarize the work you do, but this three directions map, tell us more. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. We're going to do this. All right. So the three directions map, I want to say, um, I want to be able to really give credit to the lineage. And I believe it started with Peter Levine with somatic experiencing and then Bridget Vixen's added on components of it, which I'll I'll try to name if I can get it, you know, the lineage proper. So on the three directions map, if you can imagine a rainbow starting from the left side of paper, and at the bottom of the rainbow would be just like your everyday living, a place in which you feel pretty good in your body and nothing is kind of spiking you up or down. And then something happens and activation takes place. And the activation starts kind of, the activation is measured by you going up this rainbow, right? Like you start traveling up this line. And before you hit the peak, there's kind of a choice point. And the choice point, it's not always a choice actually, but it's, it's a place where you could go in three different directions. One direction that you could go in is to do something that would soothe you, distract you Mm -hmm. in order to stabilize you. Mm -hmm. Soothing and distracting can look like a number of things. So it could be like, I have a breath practice and I feel myself getting super worked up. So I'm going to start breathing. I'm going to do slower exhales than I do inhales. Soothing and distracted distracting could be, I'm going to go on Instagram and get a quick dopamine hit. It could be, I'm going to have a glass of wine, right? So I just want to put it out there that it could be things that in the wellness world, we say, oh, this is good for you. And this is bad for you. But either way, sometimes the things that stabilize us in the moment are going to be things that keep us from going into a looping pattern. Mm-hmm. So if the first direction is to come to soothe and distract in order to stabilize back down to the bottom of the rainbow. The next direction is looping and looping. You can almost imagine like a tornado is coming off of the left side of the rainbow. And looping is when we get in our head and it almost feels like we don't have choice as we're looping. It's like, I can't believe he said that. How could he say that? He doesn't recognize all I do. 
um, I've been working here for 15 years and I'm going to, and you start going into conversations that you're going to have with the person. Yes. You know, it's like, so many, I, you, I looped a lot. <laughs> and you might even like know that you're looping. This is another thing about like how we break habits where it's like, you see that you're looping, but you still don't have the willpower to get out of it, or maybe the skill sets to get out of it. When you're deep in the looping, there's something called a double bind. And a double bind is a place of like, I must, I can't. Mm. In order to find myself, I must leave this job. I must leave this job, but I can't leave this job because this is my source of income. This is where I get my insurance from. My family depends on it. I must leave this job or it will kill me inside. I can't leave this job because it will kill the life I know. That's a double bind mm. that happens in looping. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can return to double binds um, after I'm done with the map. So we can talk about also how we can loosen these double binds. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So then there's up and over the rainbow and that would bring you to do that, that third direction that would bring you down to completion. And it can either be completion, integration, or extinction. This is like my favorite part, is this idea that we create conditions. Mm -hmm. So to create conditions would be like pause is creating a condition. So like right now I can feel um, myself getting like slightly, very slightly, no, no need to worry, but like a little... Um, lightheaded, super, like it's, it's, I feel like most people wouldn't notice it's so light. So I might pause and uncross my feet. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Right. Sure. So even just as I pause and I uncross my feet and I feel both feet on the ground I might even begin to notice where the back of my head is in space. And if I were leading this experientially, I might ask you to notice, you know, where your, where your head is in space and what your breath feels like. And so for me, when my head is forward in space, there's a little bit more of like forward anticipation. So simply by like, bring my shoulders over my hips and my ears back so they're in line with my shoulders or just back in space and the shoulders tend to move back. My breath changes. And since I was having this like upward energy, then I just really kind of focus on like the weight in my thighs. And my breath in my lower belly because I'm trying to bring energy down. Mm. I mean, that just feels so much better in my body. When you said forward leaning head. <laughs> <laughs> 45 degrees forward then my, <laughs> and when I brought it back I was like whoa I feel so much more settled mm. hey guys I'm interrupting this episode to invite you to my birthday party if you are in the Kansas City area or want to be in the Kansas City area June 11th 2023 I want to invite you. This is a Sunday fun day, detox style birthday party. And in classic gen fashion, this day will all be about healing and detox, but it's going to be so fun. I promise I'm turning 32. And with each and every trip around the sun, I get more and more obsessed with helping myself and others 
live at their fullest freaking soul's expression. So let's do this together. So on Sunday, June 11th, you can come and receive an incredible healing and detox day at my friend Jana's Sacred Hearts Healing Center. So we're going to be in nature with an abundance of trees, water, grass, fresh air to soothe the soul. I'm going to be leading a soothing yoga flow. Jana's going to be playing a sound bath to surrender the body and heal the nervous system. We'll have optional breath work and energy healing to clear energy and stuckness holding you back. And then you have access to on-site infrared sauna, ozone therapy, and hot tub to flush the lymphatic system and help you heal. You have the option to hike. You have the option to do a shamanic hape circle with us, and you will be connected with healing community. Also, one of my favorite things about doing these private events is the healing foods that Jan and I love to prepare. We make desserts, we make fun meals, and you betcha it's going to be symptomless, healing approved, clean, and great for your gut. So come shut off technology, create space for your healing, and celebrate my birthday with me. The tickets are in the show notes, and I promise you this event will sell out fast. So grab yours, and I hope to see you there. You're masterful at making these somatic practices like simple, tangible, and like we just did one. Yeah. And nervous system has had what has happened in us. Like we've, I feel like my nervous system took a deep breath and I've had a little moment of recovery in my day. Ah, uh, a little moment of recovery. Like that we could build that in at any point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, my mind is a little bit tangential, meaning that I can jump in so many directions. We're here for so it. I do want to, I do want to, <laughs> thank you. I do want to finish the, the conditions. Um, some of the conditions, naming a few, maybe we can have an experience with a few. Yeah. And then I would love to come back to what happens when our head moves back in space. Mm, okay. I would love to come back to that. Okay. Um, And I want to say a little bit more about a pause. So you just saw me pause and maybe you experienced it yourself. And it's not unusual if somebody pauses that the other person in the field is going to have a response to it. It's not unusual that if my nervous system starts to steady itself, that the person in my field or across from me is going to get a little co-regulation we're always kind of feeding off of each other, the tone of my voice, the cadence that I speak. So even slowing my speaking down is often going to start to like slow the nervous system down of those that are around me. Mm. And it might actually also trigger some people. Mm. So slow doesn't always feel safe. Uh, Right. Does that make sense? Like so many people, like I said, at myself as the teenager, the more I could get done, the faster I could sprint, the more I could study uh, fast, 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 fast. So sometimes being around people who are speaking slow could also feel like, shit, I have places to go. Can you say it faster? Can you do it faster? So just saying like, there can always be two responses. It can be that they co-regulate down or it could be a trigger. Mm. So we have the pause. Pausing is also just a way that we can start to live life at a more digestible pace. So something could be happening in our environment and we could feel ourselves tighten up and then we can continue to hold with that tightness. Or we could say like, Hey, could I have a pause? And as you start to build friendships, uh, in which more and more people are creating conditions for their well-being, it becomes a little bit normal, <laughs> at least for me, to be like, oh, can I have a pause for a second? Or I just want to, you know, chew on that. Or, or I might not, you know, I could just step back and in the trainings I take and offer, everyone's able to say, like, can I have a pause? Um, choice is a condition that we start to create. So I was working with a lady who was really spinning in life, she was going through the biggest transition and the darkest night of her soul that she had experienced thus far. And this is in your one-on-one work, Sarah, correct? Yes. Yes. This is in my one-on-one work. And 
from her perspective, she was completely losing power and control. And so for me, when I could see that, she said like, oh, wait a second, there's some noise outside. I'm going to change to a new room. And she made a few different alterations during our time together. And so the next time when we were together, we did the three conditions, the three directions map. And I was like, look, you paused, you noticed something, you took a choice because she had been in a relationship in which I think she had given a lot of her power away, you know, throughout time. Um, so choice is a big one company, like being in good company, having mm-hmm. somebody witness you as you get better. Um, maybe I'll leave it there for now. Why do you think it's so hard for us to pause? So when, in our previous call, I was talking about how the physical body's holding energy, holding experiences that were stressful in the nervous system, and it's creating these physical symptoms. And it's really about getting in there, mm. healing them, healing them, but it create it takes a pause. And why do you think it's so hard to pause? And like, what can we do? Mm-hmm. I think when we pause, we feel, Mm -hmm. and I think so much, so many of the things that are creating, you know, that are being held in our body are being held there often due to momentum or freezing. Mm. So the pause has some tone to it. So it can actually help to melt something that is freezing. And it's in the defrosting that we often feel the most pain. Mm. So when it's frozen, we're protected. As it starts defrosting, we feel the shame. My teacher says that shame is the glue that holds a freeze pattern in place. And so that shame is actually a really powerful step in our healing to be able to notice it, feel it, to be in the company of somebody else as you're feeling it, and that Mm -hmm. that person can be stable and steady as you're feeling it. Mm. So the pause and my experience is where the healing happens, but the healing doesn't always feel good at first. It's like, I mean, it's like if I were to clean my room and take out everything in the closets first, (laughs) you know, like you would walk into my room and it would look like a disaster and there would be things I'd have to let go of and some of them would feel good and some of them wouldn't. And I might have to look at things that I don't want to look at. Um, but I think pausing and pacing is where the healing happens. For me, the healing has never felt good in the moment, but the after is like this high, like you're like, oh my gosh. Mm. And to speak to that, it's like, you don't know, is that going to be a 30 minute session that you're doing and it didn't feel good, but you feel high after, is it going to be seven years of doing the healing work? And then after your life rearranges itself, the cycles aren't, we don't get to know the timing of the cycles of how long it will feel good. And there are many cycles within the big cycles. Mm. So it can be both, right? It can be, uh, gosh, I feel like I went through like a seven year winter, but I still had days and mornings where I like, life is fucking awesome. You know, like I still had moments that felt so incredible, but overall I could say, wow, that was a winter of my life. And that was really freaking hard. What do you, what kind of language and support do you give your clients when they're like, Sarah, how long is this going to take? I'm in pain. Mm. I like to, Ray Castellino has something called the five point sequence, which is just that there is the possibility of preparation, beginning, middle, end, and integration. And I think sometimes just talking about like putting somebody on a timeline is to be able to point out like, man, so going back to this woman I was talking about before, she'll be on the podcast. So she's told her story. Otherwise I would not share somebody's story um, without their permission that when we started our work, we could say, okay, course you're in pain. Here's another, of course you're in the beginning and there's going to be a middle and there's going to be an end and there's going to be a new version of you that comes through an integration. So, you know, and the other thing, like, I don't know if I want to throw out another chart just yet, but 
that we have different windows that changed during our menstrual cycle. They change during a life cycle of how much capacity we have. And when I was just coming out of my own winter, I was working with a wise woman, Therese Jornlin. And at the end of our session together, she said to me, Sarah, you're in resuscitation. Mm. And I loved the permission of resuscitation. So on the range of regulation map, or Peter Levine would call it the window of tolerance. When the window is really big, your I statements would look like, I can do anything. The universe has my back. Let's get it. I have a dream. Or, you know, Amber's, uh, Amber Lillystrom has that great saying, if the dream is in you, the dream is for you. And it's like, yes, the world is my oyster. We are all one. And when the window of tolerance gets smaller, it's like, what's the purpose? Mm-hmm. It's all on me. Nobody's here to help me. Mm-hmm. It's like really hard to see. And it feels like you need to pull yourself out of a hole. And it doesn't mean that one's true and the other isn't. It's just where, how much are we resourced? Right. So stability, the way I like to define stability is when we have like the more, more resources than demands. Mm. And it's beautiful to know that life is going to have times in which we feel like our demands are higher than our resources. And so for me to label that as resuscitation, I didn't have to like, be like, damn, I'm failing at the self-help world. (laughs) I've had all these tools and I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. But I could just say, this is a time in my life where the resource, the demands are so big. And even if I can like move my head back in space, And even if I can tune into nature, and even though I have all these tools, the resources of the demands in my life are so great. So I can look at myself and say, okay, I'm in resuscitation phase. And what this gave me permission to do. So I'm just, anyone who's out there, whether it's a cyclical thing that you're experiencing within a month, or it's a year long thing, or a postpartum thing, or some sort of transitional thing, in resuscitation phase, we give ourselves permission to possibly say no mm-hmm. to things that may have lit us up before. Mm-hmm. And an example of this is I had a really great friend. Um, well, so I think you're working with Sarah Jenks right now. Mm-hmm. And I had gone to Sarah Jenks' house for a temple. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine back home was like, oh, that looks so fun. I'd love to go with you. And the way that I know myself is somebody who, whenever there are great people, it's like, let's do it. The more, the merrier. If I bring more of my friends, Sarah's temple flourishes. My friends benefit from her temple. Like, and I was talking to Therese about this in particular. And I was like, I don't like, how do I say no? Because to be in the car by myself for two and a half hours was part of the medicine. To go to a place where I didn't know anyone was part of the medicine. Mm-hmm. To have choice not to interact as much was part of the medicine. And so she just like, yeah, when you're in resuscitation, the things that you identify with, the, the, the light side of you that you love people to know about you too, it's okay if they're not there. Mm-hmm. And so that is like falling into creating conditions to receive as much support as we can, to have practice with choice, to have practice with pause, and to just be like, the more honest we are with where we're at, I think the less deep we get pulled into the hole. Yeah. What are your regular nervous system, somatic, put whatever verbiage, help me like put the right language around it. How would you describe it? And what, what are the tools and the techniques that you utilize that have brought you you know, out of this resuscitation, out of the seven year winter. And I mean, you are like a transformed woman. I would love <laughs> to hear more about your, your practices. Yeah. It's so not sexy. Um, <laughs> it's just not sexy. It's like, first I, 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 it's so important for me to put it out there that it's a cycle. So there's nothing, although there were things I could do to support myself there, there's 
I don't want to like get, I, I think sometimes in the, in the coaching world and in the healing world, there can be this idea that somehow you're going to get to bypass grief or bypass the dark night of the soul, but that's where the medicine is. So, so one thing I want to say is that, you know, I couldn't, there would have been no way for me to avoid the winter, which I don't, I know isn't what you were saying. And on the way out, truly, truly the medicine is a pause because in the pause, I have choice. Mm. In the pause, I get to see, oh, this answer that I would almost always give my friend, which is God, yes, come, it'll be fun. I had to pause long enough to be able to have a no. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and the other things would just be like getting out in nature whenever I can. Um, so a huge part of my seven year winter was sleep deprivation, which I recently heard. I wish I remembered her name, somebody on Instagram who called her children sleep arsonists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just a big part of our storyline. And, um, I, yeah, sleep is a sacred practice and I really honor it right now. I have a, I've created a habit tracker. I'm calling it the habit tracker for vitality mm-hmm. and they're small things like, um, moving my body, you know, mm-hmm. like working out. Right. So it's working out for 20 minutes or more a day. And that might look like if I were get to count a walk, it would have to be an hour, but it might be a run. It might be lifting weights. It might be yoga. But again, I have to have pause to see, do I actually have energy to do this? Does that make sense? Like I really have to be mindful that I'm not just like, I'm going to work out because it makes your physiology feel better. This is true. Working out is one of the best things that you can do. Many, many scientific studies show what Peter Tia's new book is out. There's many chapters on what it does for longevity and wellness. But if you're in deep sleep deprivation, it's how are you using that energy? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Um, working out, walking. I try to walk every day. Um, 70 to 90 ounces of water. Mm. Um, What else is on there? Dancing for five minutes. Here's the funny thing. I love to dance. And at the end of the day, before I'm about to go to bed, I'm like, oh shit, I haven't danced. Like I haven't done my five minutes of dancing. And so I have, I almost every night I dance to a song called Wild Sweet um, mm-hmm. right before I go to bed. And it just, that, that reminds me of my vitality and my sexuality and um, reading for 10 minutes a day. That's not a somatic practice necessarily, but having this tracker helps to create some level of stability so that when I go to say track my cycle or the moon, I can have a stable base from, oh, I know also like I'm in bed by 10. I have no gadgets after 8.30, no gadgets before seven. So all of these things create so much more stability in my life mm-hmm. so that if there is variation, it's easier to know where that variation is coming from. Mm-hmm. It makes things a little bit more predictable in my physiology. So with this tracker, you found, this is when I feel like I'm able to take the most pauses. I'm the most connected. I'm the most nourished. My nervous system feels the most stable and you have, I'm curious on how you track this. And then if there's a deviation in, in one of these practices, you can say, mm, I've, I missed my dancing or I had that gadget in front of me until 1030 and yeah. this time, well, how do you it's- track? I just, I made a tracker on Canva <laughs> and I can send it to you. And it's literally like, part of it is that, uh, I was actually having lunch with Kate in Miami and we were talking about vitality practices and I was going to and see if she wanted to be my accountability partner. So this is with creating conditions, company or accompaniment is part of it, whether it's sharing our healing journey and yeah. not just writing it in a journal to ourselves, but having somebody hear it or be it or, or excuse me, or witness it as we go through it. Um, and then there's also accountability. So I was going to reach out and say like, Hey, will you be my accountability for hydration? Um, and then I thought I could just create a tracker for all the yeah. things I want. And it's just accountability for myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, yeah, I mean, I can share that with, yeah. with this group as well. I can send that over to you. What if the link? <laughs> yeah. And I just, cause also I've always had a hard time noticing a big difference in my mood with mm-hmm. a cycle, you know, like I have so many friends obviously who follow the moon or follow mm-hmm. their cycles or menstrual cycle. And I always just felt that sleep, like everything had to do with how well I was sleeping or how well my husband and I were getting along, um, that it was hard to feel the intricacy of my menstrual cycle when those things were so big. Yeah. So when I could start to create stability in many other parts, then I could notice the intricacy of my cycle, if that makes sense. Yes. It's, you're right. When we have these big pain points or these big instabilities going on in our life, like these small, subtle, like doable pieces feel, or even just the pauses to notice, like, what do I feel like today doing a check-in? Yeah. Yeah. So what would Um, you say to the, the women who feel like they're in this place of, of these really big things in their life? getting a lot of attention in their nervous system. Mm-hmm. And they want these small doable pieces. Yeah. Can I uh, throw this question back to you for a moment? Sure. Okay. So when you heard me speak about the pause or drinking water or the gadgets, like these things that feel small or moving your head back in space or taking a breath, when you've been in hard places and spaces of the things that we've talked about so far have there been any that felt accessible to you and not that it necessarily would take you all the way out of the dark night of the soul but just felt small and accessible to you yeah the boundaries around the gadgets Mm. I'm like we can do that that is one that doesn't require any more in fact, less of your energy. Yeah. Thank you. And I, 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 what I love about this, Jen, is that sometimes when people hear the word somatics or getting in their body, a body doesn't always feel safe for many people because the body is where they often felt the trauma and why they left their body in the first place. Yeah. So to start with something as simple, perhaps as a gadget, which might not feel simple to many because they might be looking for that as a reward at the end of the day or the dopamine. This could be where company comes in. It might be, you know, being with a friend and laying down and having a conversation or reading a book. Uh, I appreciate you saying the gadget because it's like, oh, is that a somatic experience? Like, is that a somatic practice? But it, in my opinion, yes, because it's not, <laughs> it's changing so much in the nervous system. So when I do do my tracking, I love that you picked this one out. When I do my tracking, if for one night I'm like, ah, who cares? I'm just, you know, I might get on my phone and not notice it. And I notice the time. And then I'm like, well, I broke, I broke it anyway. I'm just going to finish this email or, um, reach out to this person. Then I have a harder time falling asleep. Now Mm -hmm. my sleep is off. And then my next day, I might be less likely to work at like, there's a little bit of a domino effect I find, and I can still catch myself, but I'm actually in awe. I've just been doing this habit tracker for the last um, month and a half, almost two months. And I'm pretty in awe about the gadgets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so, I'm actually so happy that you said that because now I feel accompanied. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and it, I love what you said about the dominoes because here's my experience and I'm curious if you can speak to it one little habit is a domino into the next and one thing leads to the next and then it's leading to into our next day into our week into our month into our life and i can't quite name it i'm i'm like touching in with my body but there's an energy that likes to interfere with the pauses with the habits and it's like there's something in us that almost doesn't want, doesn't want the, it doesn't want the dominoes to unfold in a good way. The one habit leading to the next, it wants to completely take us from what we 
what we know and what we want to do, because it's what I see so many times, it's not a matter of like intellect or discipline. It's like people want to do the thing to make them well, but they almost feel like they can't. Mm. Body security system. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, <laughs> um, it's funny. I have my, my mind wants to go in two directions right now. I'm going to start with a story, which is I asked this question to Michael Beckwith, who is the founder of Agape out in California and LA. Mm -hmm. And he came out to New York and I asked a very similar question. I was like, sometimes I really want to go for a run. I know I'm going to feel better on the other side. I was like, but then it feels like there's a brick wall between me and the thing. Yes. And he just started laughing and his wife started laughing because she was like, are you speaking to me? Because <laughs> she was having this experience and he's like, yeah, that's called ego. And the ego wants you to stay safe. It doesn't care about what your highest good is, but it, but it's trying to protect you. And it knows that in your current patterning, you will survive. It's not concerned of, will you thrive? It just isn't concerned. Will you survive? And body security system is really speaking to the same thing. It's, you know, if you start to feel more, the body security system is saying that that's unsafe. That's where you got hurt in the first place. If you, um, <laughs> you know, if you change your ways, then who are you? Part of you is dying and there's a new you that's being created. And on the level of the nervous system, everything is protecting you at first. Mm. And the way I would define integration is having many reps of an updated pattern in which you can take a risk and find that you survive it. Mm. And then your body starts to say, okay, we're good with this. Mm -hmm. This is part of why company is one of the conditions because company might hold you accountable company might see when you're going in a direction that you don't want to go. I someday I'm going to have a pod, you know, one of my podcast episodes that is about holding, holding a vision and holding a vision for a friend or having a friend who will hold a vision for you because there are times in life and maybe going back to the question you asked about women who are in a place, maybe in resuscitation mm -hmm. is to have a friend if you have a friend, um, to have a friend hold a vision for you when you can't hold one for yourself. So you might not even have the creativity yet to have this big vision that you just need a, a friend, like be by your side for, mm -hmm. it might even say, be like, what do you see for me? Cause I can't see it for myself right now. I um, went an experience just like what you're describing this last week at our mastermind retreat with Sarah Jenks and the women who were there were incredible. And I was shedding the layers of some really dense energy and pain stored in my body for years and years and years. And they were speaking, you know, this truth and how I'll be able to move forward. And in the moment of pain, I was like, I can't see it. And for the, and for Sarah and the other women to speak it for me, like really gave me, it's something tangible that I'm now on the other side of clearing it. I can see it and I can feel it and to have, so there's two parts. One, I wanted to share my experience and two, I wanted to say, sometimes you can, you know, essentially buy that support. You can join something mm -hmm. that, because for me, I have a lot of great friends, not not all your friends will be interested in doing the same work you're doing in my experience. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I've said this too. It's like, as far as this theory of integration goes is as we're practicing boundary work as well. Mm -hmm. And we're practicing saying no, or we're practicing having a hard conversation it might be saying something honest to your therapist mm. who is yeah, essentially being paid, well, is being paid and hopefully has been trained and how to be stable. 
so that a person can have their experience without them then defending themselves or, you know, projecting something back, but to have the experience of somebody who can be stable for you. I mean, I I think, as you said, when you enter a mastermind, then you are paying for an experience of people who are saying, we're signing up to hold the vision for one another. Yes. It's amazing. And this is the repetition that we get. You were with Kate before that. And I imagine that similar is that women see you and they see you of what you're like, what you are both at your highest window of tolerance or range of regulation. And even when it's small and they say, whether that's small or big, whether your capacity on any given day is here or here, I see you. And this is what I see. And it's just, it's so powerful to have that. And uh, in my last podcast, I don't know what number it is. I think it's called Preparation. But there's a line about doing the work when things are good. Mm -hmm. Like, So if you're not currently in the resuscitation phase and you have a little more energy, like now is the time to do the preparation for your soul, for your body, for your nervous system. Now is the time to try on saying no when you don't want something. Now is the time to have a pause. Now is a time to drink a little more water. (laughs) Now is the time to figure out what bedtime gives you your best chances. Now is a time to really feel who are your friends. Who do you want your friends to be? Is there one person? Is there one thing you want to invest in? Is there yeah, a mastermind? Is there a coaching person that you want to line up with? Is there somebody that you've always wanted to have lunch with? <laughs> you know, like when your energy is high enough, vital enough, now is the time to practice creating the conditions. Yeah. Hmm. That's so good. And a lot of times I've found when your energy is high enough, that's when a lot of the stuff will allow itself to release. And it's not always Mm. when, when we're in it, what's your experience like with that, Sarah? My energy is high enough. Man, I just feel like I experience it. (laughs) I have experienced it in both places. Yeah. Because I think sometimes I've had the experience of really low energy where I think I don't know if I could handle any more. And then another thing comes up. And I said to my mentor at one point, I was like, man, I've, I, some of these things that are coming up, I've, I've never experienced. There were some things coming up with friendship for me a few years ago. It's like, I was that weird person who actually liked middle school and high school. And I... <laughs> um, I've had positive experiences with women and men and humans, and I was experiencing the opposite. And she just helped me to travel back in time and to track to a time where, oh, in fact, there was a younger me Mm. who did have these interactions. And that when I was at low energy, I was a match for a few other people who had what we might call um, like an imprint. Mm -hmm. And so our imprints matched. So I, for me, I wish it was only at my high energy points that things would come up, but I have certainly found actually that they come up in all places. I'm going to be a different energetic match for different aspects of my life, depending on my energy. Mm -hmm. Did it match a different point in my life and does it still need to be worked out? Yeah. Any place, any, (laughs) any place (laughs) transformation at any place. Lucky us. Yeah. Lucky me. I don't know. Yes. Sarah. So for the women listening now or at another point in the now who are experiencing unpleasant sensations, symptoms, conditions in their body or their life doesn't have to be just the physical body and they want to feel better and they want to feel different and they want to transform in the way that you teach with the small doable pieces over time, what kind of message and what kind of help if you were to 
reach down and like give them a hand up, what can you tell them? Hmm. I would tell them that they're not actually alone. Hmm. When I talked about that window of tolerance, when the window gets really small, we feel really alone. Hmm. A man I work with says, his name is Jerry Mulliter, and he says, when we feel bad, we feel alone. Mm-hmm. And so if you're feeling alone and it feels really real that you're alone, then the small doable piece of time is again, and it might even be that there is no one person who has the capacity at this very time in your life to handle all of it, all that you have to share, but making little connections where it feels okay. But I've also worked with people who like their first step of realizing they're not alone is to come into relationship with nature. Mm. Wow. Sometimes coming into relationship with a human is too much at first. Oh my gosh. So what can we come in relationship with? And it might be like putting your feet in the water or putting a hand on the tree. Sometimes for some people, nature is more comfortable to come into relationship than it is to come into relationship with your breath. Right. So we have our breath. I have a program I can send send yeah. you the link for called 21 Days of Untapped Support. Okay. And it is very specifically about being into these really small, I keep saying small doable pieces, which is Bridget Vixman's phrase, these small doable pieces, these resources that we have that we might not be aware of. We can tap into even when we're tired, but we can also tap into them when we're at like the highest point in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're not alone. And Jen, I know that you have a relationship with the spirit world and I, I've just been listening to some of your podcasts and mm-hmm. um, tuning into this program. And so I heard you talk about your spirit baby and yes, that is not accessible for everybody, but for those who it is, people can start to tune into ancestors, mm-hmm. spirit world, the unseen resources. And for some people that is a really big resource And for others, they might just hold that as a vision of a possibility. Like day one of 21 days of of support is to point out actually how huge of a resource it is to stay curious, which is hard when the window gets small. We just relate it to other times that the window is small. But if we can be curious, I wonder what it would be like that a reticular formation in our brainstem will actually start to look for the thing that you're open to. So it could have been there all along. I'll say sometimes like, oh, you start looking for an electric car and suddenly you see them everywhere and you think it's a sign, but actually your reticular formation is now just on the lookout. And so you start consciously seeing things that your brain just didn't process before. So curiosity, I wonder what it would be like to have a spirit team. And then your brain just starts noticing, oh, I said that thing and then a feather fell into my hand (laughs) or like I, I had that idea and the light started flickering and you just start noticing simply because you were curious and perhaps you just start noticing that in fact, you're not alone. And those, in my experience, those things often come in a pause. I, Mm. I, they're always happening, but they're, we most see them in a pause and my body started to weep when you talked about nature being the first relationship we can step into, because I understand there might be, there have been stages in my life, some of my hardest places where I couldn't have afforded therapy or a mastermind, or, you know, I was working and in places where, yeah, I had friends, but those friends weren't interested in the same healing. So nature is a free and available resource to everyone. And now it's making sense. My, you mentioned my spirit baby and I'm like, she is, I've been seeing this, this memory that happened just recently, this last week with Sarah Jenks on the retreat. And she was wanting me to tell others about it on this podcast. I'm like, how is this going to fit in? And mm-hmm. now we're here. so um, 
I think it it's going with the theme of we have nature as a resource. We have other friends and human beings, whether they are friends and family or whether they are mastermind sisters and brothers or therapist. We also have the spiritual realm and team that is always available. And as your nervous system feels more safe, you will feel them even more in this experience that I talked about releasing something really, really big at the retreat and and having those other women there holding me and having a vision for myself. Sarah said to me, Sarah Jenks, not Sarah Tangretti. That's her on the podcast. She said to me, your children are here. I could feel them in spirit. And I saw these flashes of light and they said to me, see if I can say this with composure, mom, let us hold you right now in this moment before you hold us on earth here. And I, I, I think in that moment, I've never felt so held from all the layers, the nature that we were in the women surrounding me, and then my spirit babies. There's two of them. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing her up. Yeah. I love that. I can, I just, I have my eyes closed and I had chills and I could really see that. And I could see these layers. Yeah, the spirit babies holding you the women in a circle holding you, nature holding you. And to pause and actually notice all of that with too much momentum, it could have been missed. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And in that moment for those listening, I had to be willing to feel the hardest bits of pain that I was feeling and releasing to also experience at the same time, this dichotomy of being held by this most loving force that I've ever felt. I told you at the beginning that I would get back to the moving the head back in space and it connects to nature. So I just need to close that out. Um, which is that if anyone listening right now, if you're not driving and you're able to, whether you're sitting or standing, if you can begin to look out on the horizon and if you're looking at a computer screen, then you would kind of just look more to the left and the right of the computer screen. And as you imagine looking out to the horizon and maybe you could imagine a mountain range or looking out over the ocean, I'm right on the coast of Maine right now. So I might imagine a sunrise. Without any physical cues, what happens in my body is that my head moves back in space. And what often happens when we look at nature, so just going back to nature being a resource, is that our perspective widens. And the breath changes. So when the head comes back and the eyes are looking more on the horizon and looking wide instead of straight at a computer, the breath changes so that the physiology starts to go more towards rest and digest. So the head and the eyes are very much connected. The breath is connected. And nature does this for us because we're often looking like really panoramic when we're looking at nature. So just by observing nature, it changes our posture and the way that we breathe, which is pretty fucking cool, right? <laughs> My body's like, uh. yeah, yeah. Like, thank you, nature. Just by nature being nature, it brings. Oh, that sounds so cheesy. By nature being nature, it brings us back into our nature and back to matching and coming into like resonance with its pace. Um. So I think I think that closes the loop of the head back, our eyes work, our breath, and that connection to nature as well as a resource. And that's it. Thank you. <laughs> you I feel my body like swaying now. It just feels so, uh, so yeah, the simple Thank things. Yeah. Sarah, you are such a teacher for me and just being in your frequency in this conversation, your, your voice is like a bath for the nervous system and energy. <laughs> 
like so grounding and settling. I'm sure everyone can, can feel that. So thank you. Ah, don't you feel so much better after listening to Sarah for the last hour? She is a gift and I'm going to include all of her resources mentioned in the show links below. So be sure to check those out. And please, 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 if you're loving this podcast, if it's serving you, if it's inspiring you, if it's helping you along your healing journey, please rate and subscribe, send it to a friend and help us continue to grow this community and allow this message to reach millions. We'll see you next week.